Misfit Stars podcast. I'm Shannon Curtis. And I am Jamie Hill. Hello, everyone. Hi, Shannon. Hello. So, uh, hi, people. It's nice to have you with us. Uh, astute listeners will uh, realize that this is the second episode of this podcast that we have put out in three days. What? Yeah, it is. This what? Is, this is like season two, episode 47B <laughs> or something. I'm not quite sure what the catalog number is going to be. It's a rarity. But if you remember a couple of days ago, like, you know, normally we release the podcast on Wednesday. Releasing this podcast on this Wednesday would have been pointless, so we did not do that. Right. Uh, so we did a little... Pre-election. Yeah, a little how you feeling going into it. Now we're doing a little how you feeling right now. And right yeah. now for us is Wednesday, November 4th. It's a little bit before 8 p.m. on the West Coast. Yeah. And I only mention that because, I mean, what we're saying right now, it could literally be, like, irrelevant or changed in some way, like, while we're recording it. <laughs> it's true. Anything could happen. Uh, so, <laughs> with, with that as context and preamble, welcome to the Misfit Stars podcast. Yay! Episode season two, uh, 47B. <laughs> Later on in this episode, we are going to be talking about, naturally... The election. It's the thing. Yeah, it is. It's on your mind. You know it. It's, you know it is, even if you're trying for it not to people be. People love it. People aren't talking about it enough. <laughs> oh, gosh. Please So, uh, before that, though, people, Misfit Stars uh, is a community-centered endeavor, and we would love to invite you to join us. And mm. what that means is uh, not only is it a podcast, it's also a community. And it's a community of people who... Some of them help support the work that Shannon and I do in the world. Yeah. Uh, the community building stuff. So uh, if you want to be part of that, hell yeah, we want that too. Please go to misfitstars.com slash join and you can sign up and get in the club. Really. Yes. It's kind of like a club because we have this amazing private group on Facebook. It's secret and hidden. It's not secret exactly because I'm sort of telling you about it, but you can't find it if you search on Facebook is my point. It's really locked down, and it's just for people who are supporting members. You only get an invitation when you become a supporting member of yeah. Misfit Stars. Which someone just did a few days ago, and now she's in. Yay! Yeah, it was great. And it's a, especially in this time, this extraordinary election time, this culmination of this really messed up year, this messed up four years. Like, mm. it is such a great time to have that private group. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. People are taking care of each other in It's there. wonderful. You know, you and I have been doing a ton of election volunteering uh, and we'll talk so more much. about that in a little bit here. But uh, over the last few days, especially, our schedule was slammed. Yeah. With election volunteering. And every once in a while, I would get like a half a second to go pop into Facebook and check in on the Misfit Stars group. And I was seeing that people were posting about, okay, here's how I'm feeling today. And I, and for a minute, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't really have the time to respond to all of people's posts. Yeah. But then I was relieved to see uh, that other folks in the Misfit Stars yeah. group, they were taking care of each other. They're, you know, it's, it, the group, it's not, it's not centralized around you and me. No, it's it taken on a life of its own. It is a group of people who are showing up for each other yeah. in new and beautiful ways all the time. And I'm just, I feel so encouraged and I love, 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 love that community. Yep, so much. And you can self-select yourself into it, people. Misfitstars.com slash join. Uh, what else? Uh, you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Does anyone ever do that? Thank you. Thank <laughs> you, do, you if you yeah. do. People have done that. And make it five stars. Why would you not do that? I mean, come on. Come on. Give us all the stars. Jeez, people. We are the misfit stars. Yeah, we need as many as we can get. <laughs> Give us five misfit stars review. 
That's corny. Wow. Totally. Totally. Love Speaking it. of corny, announcements, announcements, announcements. Oh, heck yeah. I mean, it's a feature now, I think. It's the announcement song. It's the announcement song from Science Camp. I love it. I'm so happy to hear it. Yeah, so Do we good. have announcements, We have Sam? one announcement. Oh, what is it? We have one announcement. The one announcement is specifically for our Misfit Stars uh, uh, supporting members. Everybody else, don't listen. No, you have to tune out. No, actually, you can listen and uh, be convinced this is another reason why you should join Misfit Stars. Yes. Uh, but for our Misfit Stars supporting members, uh, check it out. Now that our, uh, our, our virtual house concert tour is over and our schedule has... Uh, gotten less dedicated to that first. Yep. We now uh, have have the opportunity to explore new ways to to hang out with y'all and be part of each other's lives on a regular basis. Besides just in that Facebook group. Yeah. And so face we're, to face. Face to face. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what that's from. I just maybe made it up. It's anyway, from uh, the, whatever it is, it's from the eighties. Regardless yeah, of whether it exists, it's from the eighties. Oh, I know. I know what it's from. I was just thinking of, uh, here we are, face to face, a couple of silver spoons. Wow. Hoping to find we're two of a kind, making it go, making it grow together. We're going to find our way. Wow. You and I together, making the time each day. There's more to the song, but I... Gosh, that was wonderful. I don't want to bore you. Fun fact. I don't think anyone was bored at all. Fun fact. We should probably stop recording right now. We're never going to do anything better than that. (laughs) Fun fact, everybody. My sister and I used to uh, spend, you know, you know how you do car ride games when you're a kid? Sure. Like license plate counting and stuff. Sometimes when you're an adult, too. Yeah. Uh, My sister and I, when we were kids, our favorite car ride game was to, (laughs) I'm sure my parents loved this, was to sing at the top of our lungs as many TV show theme songs as we could. Wow. And we knew all of them. You're both good singers, so maybe it was tolerable. All of them. So that was the Silver Spoons theme song, and yes, I still have it completely memorized. That's wonderful. I bet that was Um, maybe kind of joyous. I don't know. It seems like it it could could go either way. It could be really joyous or only really joyous in a movie, well, but I mean, never in real life. Okay, the first time, I'm sure it was totally joyous, but yeah. I, I'm imagining my mom like 25 times in being like, oh my gosh. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, so I, I don't know. I'll have to ask her what, she, what her memory of it is. That's amazing. The whole point of this was the words face-to-face. Yes, face-to-face. And Misfit stars meeting face-to-face. So here's what we're going to do. Did you say Misfit to kind of go with No, I, I just misspoke is all. I misspoke. Uh, what we're going to start doing this month is we're going to start doing monthly Misfit Stars Zoom meetups. Whoa! Uh, for all of our Misfit Stars members who want to join. And us. And us. And we'll be there. Th- it's not going to be centered on any like music related stuff. It's nope. just a hangout. We've got some plans for some of the kinds of discussions we want to lead, stuff we want to, you know, just, you know, prompts to get us all talking with each other, mm-hmm. uh, getting to know each other more, being a support and encouragement to each other. That's what this group is all about. Um, I'm super excited about this. And so here's the deal if you are a Misfit Stars supporting member, sometime in the next handful of days, I, I aim to do this as soon as possible uh, now that election work is done. But which, in the next hand- is isn't exactly. Well, we'll get to that too. Yeah. Uh, what, I, in the next handful of days, I'm going to be sending you out uh, a link to a survey 
um, where you can, you're going to fill out like the days and times of the week that would be best for you for this kind of a Zoom meetup. And uh, we will do our best to try to find a time that works best with the most number of people who respond to the survey who are interested in doing these meetups. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got, you know, East Coast, West Coast, and everywhere in between, and, and overseas as yep. well. So, you know... We're Gary gonna- Dixon's just going to have to stay up late. <laughs> but he always does for us. Thank you, Gary. I know, right? Uh, but we're going to do our best to find a time and a day that works best for, for most people. And we might shift it around from month to month to make it easier for some people, you know, in, in different times. We'll, we'll see how it all shakes out. Uh, but I'm super excited for the, Man, the monthly do, meetups. Do we have the best adult activities or what? Come for the surveys, stay for the conversation prompts. What are you talking about? It's, I'm just saying, if like if I were like 10 years old and listening to this, I'd be like, this sounds horrible. Oh my God. This literally, literally sounds like the worst well, thing I've ever heard. Tell me what 48-year-old you thinks about it. I'm pleased I'm on board. Okay, but good then. That's my point. All right. It's an adult activity. Well, sure. Yes. It's going to be great. I'm really excited. I think I'm excited too. I, I think you are too. Yeah. Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, they're adult activities. They are. I, I, I love that we have adult activities. Don't poop on my earnestness. I we am have, not. We have so many earnest people in the Misfit Stars. Oh, I am right there with you. Okay, then. Yeah, I'm not. I, I feel I, like you're poking fun. I am absolutely not poking fun. I'm just sort of celebrating it. Okay. Because it's, uh, given who I was when I was young, very off-brand for me. All right. I, I embrace it and I love it. All right. Adult to, activities, to be people. Fair, to be fair, your brand when you were young... Uh, Probably, if you'd stuck with that, you might not even be here anymore. So, no, you it's know. so true. I'm glad to be here for the adult activities. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, that's the that's the only announcement um, of the week, and uh, let's move on to feelings. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you're excited about that, Jamie. How are you feeling? Hell yeah, I'm excited about that. Yeah. I'm feeling stable and all right. Uh, pretty good, honestly. Like and I don't a little feel... bit saucy. Yeah, <laughs> right? I feel, which is good, right? Like I'm not yeah. feeling somber at all. Right. Mm-hmm. I feel I definitely have it in me to make a joke. And that's great. I'm happy about that. It could have not been the case today. Yeah, it's you know? true. Oh, gosh. Um, it could have, things could have gone way worse. So as of this moment that we're recording, it's precisely 8 p.m. now on the West Coast, Wednesday, mm-hmm. November 4th. Um, you know, it's looking really good for, uh, for Biden. It's looking like pretty probably he's going to do this. Like yeah. it's, it's going to take some time. Votes need to be counted. But there's enough stuff in at this point that is pretty clear where things are going. It does appear that way. So, yes. you know, uh, that is a huge, huge, huge relief, and I feel good about it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and I'll take it. I'm just, I feel relieved. I feel happy. Didn't get everything I wanted, but when in life do you, you know? <laughs> right. And that's okay. That's right. totally fine. How are you feeling? Yeah, and we're going to get more detailed into those feelings in a minute. You know, I today have felt um, mostly okay. Uh, a little, you know, probably a little, deflated is not the word. Uh, I was really hoping for for a big, satisfying repudiation. We're going to get to this in a minute. I don't want to get too much into it. And not getting the big release that I was hoping for. Yeah. You know, feels... I think you can probably just segue smoothly here. Okay. This is literally the next thing on fine. our script. But you know, I I feel I'm trying to concentrate on on like how am I actually feeling? Yeah. You know, I I so I feel in that way maybe somewhat deflated's not the right word. Just a a little okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. um 
And I, I and I do have some lingering concerns. You know, for me, I think that it's it's just another opportunity to remain in the present moment and not get too wrapped up about you know what's to come because mm-hmm. I can't control it. I have done literally everything I can do to be part of the outcome. Yeah. You know, and uh, and 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 in that regard, I feel great. Yeah. Like I feel like I I feel like I left everything on the field and. And I and I can feel really good about that. You know, yep. that that's contributing to good feelings <laughs> inside me. Yeah. Um, so mostly I'm all right. I, I I mostly I'm all right. I'm I'm steady. Yeah. And I'll take it. Awesome. Um so yeah. But you're right. It was not the repudiation we were hoping for. Yeah, I mean, if you listen to this podcast, the 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 part A of this week's podcast that we put out a couple days ago, you heard us say the thing we were really hoping for was a big fat just knock it out of the park. Hell no, America doesn't want Trumpism anymore. Yeah. World historic yeah. You know, margins, the whole thing. It, did, it didn't happen like we that. We don't, yeah, that's not, that's not how it looked. We didn't have the big overwhelming landslide with enough votes coming in on election night to give us that answer. Right. You know. Um, and we won't, you know, even if we have, you know, even if, even if we win the states that are still outstanding, it's only at this point going to be a few hundred thousand more votes separating the two things. It's well, not, except you know. for, you know, I, I will dispute that a little bit because I think that there are there is a path to some, like if you look at the electoral map, for instance, mm-hmm. um, where it could end up, you know, looking a, a whole, a look. it could end up in the, in the end of all this looking a lot more like a big repudiation type vote than it does right now. Depends how you want to look at it. If you're talking electoral college, yeah, you're absolutely right about that because yeah. of the peculiarities of that. Right. But like the way the votes are right now, like we're within a, f- a couple hundred thousand votes of all the votes everywhere being counted, right? Okay. And, and, and Biden and Trump are about three million votes apart. Which is roughly what uh, Hillary Clinton beat yeah, him exactly, by. Yeah, right? exactly, right? And so say that, say that every single vote that remains goes for Biden, Will it be? We'll be at three and a quarter million votes separating the two. Right. I think we were hoping for fifteen. But I, he, like that's what a repudiation oh, would look see, like. See, I didn't have hopes for that. I I, I knew that was not going to happen. Five, ten. I the, mean, the tribalism something. at work here is way too deep. Yeah. Like people who people people who could live through the last four years, uh, and uh, even pre-pandemic. If people could have lived through three, the first three years of the Trump presidency and still been like, yeah, he's my guy with just the criminal activity, the corruption, the inability, disinterest in doing the job. Mm-hmm. Like they're sold out to a cult. It's not, there's no, there's no convincing. I was not convinced. I was not anywhere close to thinking we were going to pick up, you know, 15 million kind of, you know, mar- vote margin. Yeah, right. But we were hoping for that, right? We were hoping for a repudiation. Well, let me ask you, what would repudiation have looked like to you? Repu- the margin. The, the, I'm not even, I'm not even sure I have an, a number in mind in terms of millions of votes separating the two if, for the, to answer that question. Repudiation for me would have meant, um, you know, the kinds of returns that would have given us a big, you know, a big enough margin on election night to be able to declare, you know, a victory and also clear path to winning the Senate back. Right. Those, those two things would have been to me the signs that, you know, okay, we're done. We're all done with this, you know, but, but clearly we're not all done with this. Clearly there, there is a large swath of the American population who, has seen the job this guy has done for four years and is still like, yeah, he's still my guy. 
It's not even that. It's, yeah, give me more of this. Right. I think is maybe a better way to frame it. Why when, Why on earth would you want because more of this? Because regardless of whether he's your guy, why the fuck would you want more of this? I don't, I, yeah. Like, there, no one's feeling good right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not like Republicans are feeling good right now either. Everything sucks. Right. Everything sucks for everybody. <laughs> and it's directly because of this guy. You know what I mean? He's well, deftly blaming it on Democrats. You know what I mean? Because he's playing, you know, the, the two sides against the middle, and that, in, in his position, is a smart thing to do. But it's not like it's not like the Republicans. It's not like it's not like only Democrats are miserable right now, and Republicans are like, yeah, things are totally great. That's not the case at all. That's how it was in 2019. Democrats right. are miserable. Republicans are like, yeah, this rocks. No one in 2020, regardless of where you are ideologically, is like 2020 is great. <laughs> You know what I mean? I would like to see the person who's be, who'd be willing to say 2020 is great. Yeah. <laughs> just woke up from being hit on the head. And then you know? just doing like a, just a, you know, a mental evaluation of that person, psychological yeah. evaluation. You know, there's surely Holy not a lot of them, right? So yeah. like, I, I don't even think anymore it's, this is my guy. That's, you know, whether he's your guy or not, yeah. like, even if he is your guy, still to be like, yeah, we're doing good, good right now. Where we're at right now, more of this, please. Yeah. What the hell? And it's legitimately deflating. And we were we were yeah. chatting with a few friends uh, via text last night as results were coming in. And yeah. we weren't getting the big repudiation we had hoped for. And it is legitimately deflating to not get that. to And to realize that there are tens of millions of people that we share a country with, that we share states and cities with, that live on our blocks, that are in our families, mm-hmm. who, who aren't able to see how dangerous this person is, yep. who aren't willing to accept that under his leadership, the country is on its way to completely falling apart. Yep. Uh, health-wise, economically, our democracy, holy moly, just like out the window, you know? Like, it's really deflating that... And, and and I think I think a lot of it is you know we we we've been trying to parse the why and there's so many ways that we can slice that. I think for me, I've come to an understanding that that a lot of what's driving uh, folks to stick with Trumpism is basic racism, mm. <laughs> and 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 not not the not the like waving Confederate flags calling people the N-word, bigoted, outwardly bigoted kind of racism. That's yeah. not what I'm talking about. That's bigotry. Bigotry is personal. Talking, racism is systemic. I'm talking about people who are who are uh, sold out for, for white supremacy, mm-hmm. who enjoy the feeling of being at the top of a hierarchy and, and fear losing that position of power. Uh, or losing that perceived position of power, even if they don't actually have power. I think there's a lot of people you know? who wouldn't say if you ask them that they feel like they're on top. You know, I think there's a whole, but I think there's a whole lot of people who, in that position, also feel very vulnerable, wrongly, toward immigrants because they think they're going to compete and steal their jobs. It's not even just about. It's not even just the economic stuff. It's not. It's not just that. I mean, it's, no, it's not just. It's I think power. for a lot of people, it is though. Yeah, because that's what the politicians are telling them. Oh, the the rapists and the murderers are going to come over from Mexico. That's and for sure where they get the bad ideas. Steal your yes. children and take your jobs. But it's it is, but it's bigger than that. It is a mentality that America really needs to white America really needs to come to reckon with this idea that that we've got some problems in terms of race, big ones, and white people have gotten very comfortable with the notion that they're that they're that they're good people and 
that of, of course they're not racist and of course they're not benefiting from a racist system. And we all need to have a reckoning with the, fo- the fact that we, yes, we have. Mm-hmm. And yes, we are. You know, like I think that that is, you know, Trump speaks to that that privileged person, you know, that, that he speaks to the, the people who feel like they've got something to lose when folks who are part of marginalized communities, people of color, immigrants, uh, you know, are encroaching on their, on their rights. I, we've got, I, I don't know. I, 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 mean, you're, you're I think right. it comes down to, a, I think it comes down to hierarchy and power. And that is why they continue to buy into Trumpism because it's, a, they're sold, they're sold out for white supremacy. Yeah, I think that's an oversimplification. I think there are definitely a lot of people who think that way. Uh, I think there are some people who feel that way but don't overtly think that way. Oh, exactly. And I think the that vast he also, majority. And I think he also speaks to a lot of other people. I don't think that every single person who voted for him can be described the way you just described a person. Okay. I don't know what the thing is. Okay. And it's still something that I'm kind of grappling with. You know what I mean? It seems too simple and too reductionist to be like... All Trump supporters are white supremacists. Surely there's a huge overlap in that Venn Again, diagram, but I'm, not all. I'm not talking about skinheads, white hoods, white supremacists. Nope. I'm talking about people who are quote-unquote good people. Oh, I know precisely who you're talking about, yeah. I mean, these are people we know. These are people who we, we think are good people, <sighs> right? But the idea of losing the identity of America as being a white Christian nation. That is something they just can't handle. Yeah. Maybe it's in private and they're Except not really... Except for non-Christians. Well, uh, yeah, but you know what I mean. But <laughs> there's also like not a whole lot of non-Christian supporters of Trump. So, <laughs> I mean... Yeah, but I mean, there's, there's got to be millions, the, the and millions, white, and millions and millions and millions. The white evangelical church does a whole lot of carrying water for Trump. You're right. I mean, it's a massive part of his base. Yeah, no, it's a huge part of his base, but it's not all of his base. It's, but it, it characterizes a good, a good large part of it. Yep. You know, I think it's about, it's about power, it's about identity, it's about hierarchy. And, you know, we, we, we've got, we've, we clearly have more reckoning to do about this. Well, yeah, and what I'm getting at here is what I'm really curious about. Like, yeah, there's the obvious stuff. White supremacy is very obvious. And then there's the hierarchy stuff. That's very obvious. But once you get rid of the obvious stuff, right, and how many people of his supporters of his base does that count for? What, 65 or so million people who voted for him? So let's say that that gets rid of 50 million people, almost all of his people. What are those last 15 million people? Who's on the margins of, the, of his support? I mean, That's what I'm really curious about. I mean, what are the people that you can't explain away with, they're a rabid bigot, they're a white supremacist, they're invested in hierarchy, you know? Once you get rid of all of that stuff, because obviously you can't describe a group of 65 million people with one description or two descriptions. Like, there's got to be edge cases, and who are the edge cases? I would love for you to come up with ideas about what those things are. I, mean, I don't I, have ideas. I'm just, okay. I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that, I mean, yeah, sure, white supremacists, great, fine. But, like, it's so tired. We've talked about, and we'll have to talk about that forever, and no, it's great to no, do. No, no, it's absolutely not tired. And, and, and can I just point out the fact that sometimes the most obvious answer is actually the answer. No, I know most that. Most of the time, it actually is. But here's the thing. Like, those people aren't gettable. I'm thinking about this from, like, the work that we have to continue doing, right? Mm-hmm. We will never be able to get those people. There's no appeal that we will ever be able to make from our side that will appeal to those people because they're invested in a quasi-religious, sometimes overtly religious, 
religious vision of what America is, hierarchically speaking. What I'm wondering about is who are the people who can't be described in these obvious and also non-gettable ways because those are the edge cases. The people in the margins are the people who we can bring to our side. And even if we just bring five million of them over to our side, that is a, ma a majority that would be untouchable, a margin that would be untouchable, and it seems so close. So it's like, who are these people who are gettable for us? Like, where do they, res where do they reside? Where do they hook into Trumpism if it's not these things that we've been talking about? Well, okay, that's a fair question. I don't know. I don't know that I agree that there's like that there is a certain number of people that don't buy into Trumpism because of the hierarchy and power related stuff. You think 100 percent of them do? I, I think it's it's likely that 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 close to close to all of them do. I mean, I don't have any data. Neither do you. No, we're just conjecturing here, so it's kind of pointless to be slicing out numbers of people that you know think this way or that way. That's we're fine. Making I'm just saying. This shit up. But here's the it's thing: it's a non hundred percent. You know, group. I'm, I'm thinking right now of of um, some of the stuff that I learned when I was reading Ibram Kendi's book, and I, uh, I I've talked about this a bunch before. But you know, one of the things that he taught me was mm -hmm. that. Uh, trying to persuade people to not be racist is pretty impossible to right. do. And that's why those white supremacists you're talking about are not gettable. That's why I was characterizing and, them as and not gettable. And what I'm trying to say is that probably most, probably most of the people who's, who are voting for Trump are in some way sold out to white supremacy. And therefore not gettable. I'm not saying that. Just look, give me a well, minute. Well, you were saying persuadable. Just give me a minute. They're not persuadable. But that's not the point. Like The, the point is... You build power among the people that you can to change policy mm -hmm. that removes that hierarchical racist hierarchy in a way that allows people to start to see, oh, oh, actually the world didn't end. This guy didn't fall when people who don't look like me have the same amount of power I do. And people come along eventually. It's not overnight. It's not a flip of a switch. It takes time. Mm -hmm. But but you you change the policies. That that in reinforce the hierarchy, and eventually people's opinions change. That comes after, and I don't think that uh, I don't think that we're looking at a situation where we're going to be spending time trying to persuade folks uh, who are who are voting for Donald Trump <laughs> to become part of a movement to build those policies. Yeah, because no, I, they're, I agree. They're, they're you know. Also, I don't I don't believe that we have to, you know, like. Yes, it's discouraging that we live among so many millions of people who are willing to put their checkmark next to this guy's name. It is disgusting. Mm -hmm. But the truth of the matter is there's still millions more of us who are like, uh, no, thanks. Mm. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And I don't disagree with you. But here, uh, two, well, two points. I think that it's most productive to have a yes and approach to this kind of stuff. Okay. Right? Sort of like a dual power kind of model. So, you know, do the thing you're talking about. Absolutely. Like, on the one hand, pretend as if those other people don't exist. Just keep building power around the good and positive ideas and things that you want to do. Mm -hmm. That's great. But also, I don't think it's productive to fully write off 65 million people. I just don't. I think that if for no other reason than it's in, like the Democratic Party is doing a piss poor job. It's a shit party. It's a really, really bad party. Like as far as like the way it organizes ideas and the ideas it stands for, you know, it's not nearly left enough. It's pursuing a decades outdated 
like center right model when that's not at all where the country is at all. Normatively, we're center left, right? And so there's got to be things that we can learn from this episode. There's got to be things that we can learn about who are those people in the margins of Trumpism, right? Who, like, what is it that the Democratic Party could be doing so much better? We've abandoned labor. Maybe we should start there. Maybe if the Democratic Party actually stood for labor, like it used to decades ago, like, we would have that, like, you know, extra five, extra ten, however many million people, because all we would need to do is be like, look, we're, we want to make your lives better. I think that there's some nihilism on a certain fringe element of Trump supporters where they don't like him, and they don't even probably like the Republican Party, but they're like, you know what? The Democratic Party has abandoned us. This guy is at least entertaining. Fuck everything. Yeah, I I get what you're saying. I mean, I think that somebody in that position looking at the two candidates for president in this election, uh, I I don't think that you can look at Joe Biden and be like, yeah, that guy's abandoned me. You know, I think that he's a person who, at the very least, is gonna be a president who leads the entire United States of America. Oh yeah, of course. Red and blue with from a place of compassion and with a, I think a genuine desire to do what's right. Yeah. You know, comparing these two candidates is just there there is no comparison. Yeah, sure, but keep in mind that like Joe Biden like on a personal level so empathetic, so wonderful, so kind, so caring and he's been wonderful through this whole cycle in that way. Also, he's an architect of neoliberalism, which is why there's a rust belt instead of a thriving like and manufacturing economy in the Midwest. I honestly think that like some Midwest factory worker, white dude is going to be thinking about Joe Biden in terms of him being an architect of neoliberalism. No, not implicitly, but I think that there is institutional memory about why things happen. Like, people remember when the steel mill got shut down, the jobs got moved to China, and who was in charge. People remember that stuff. That's that's fine. And and look, I don't disagree with you that that the Democratic Party has work to do. Obviously, we do. But I also want to say that I think it's a really important thing for us to not start shitting all over each other right now because we didn't get the kind of big win we wanted. Yeah. It is a mistake for us to start crapping all over our own side because we feel disappointed that we didn't get the big repudiation that we emotionally wanted. No, I think you're absolutely right about that. What we need to do is we need to figure out what we each can bring to the table and make ourselves better. And part of doing that is not going to be tearing each other down. Oh, absolutely not. I am am terrified, honestly. Do you think I'm tearing something down? Is that why you're saying that? Well, you started this whole line of argument with the Democratic Party is a shit party. Yeah. Which honestly, it I think is language that I don't want to be personally using. And I don't I want to encourage anyone to use language like that. Like what and replace it with the Democratic Party could be doing better in some areas. Here's the here's here's what they are, and here's how I'm gonna be involved in helping make that happen. But like playing armchair quarterback and like deciding that you're gonna, you know, t- say that the whole party is crap is not useful. And frankly, we don't have time for that. We don't have time to be wasting our energy crapping on each other. Uh, you know, if, we, if we're not... We've got uh, wait, you, we've got you're very wait. passionate about this, and that's great. Yeah, well, so are you. I mean, don't, yes. don't like, tell but, me it's just me. Well, I'm not saying it's just you, but I just think that you're misinterpreting where I'm coming from. I mean, you're right. I did say it's a shit party. And yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm super... I have been disappointed on the record with the D- Democratic Party and its lack of effectual uh, organization and leadership and any kind of a focus on what actual humans want. You know what I mean? The, uh, I've, been, I've been vocal about that. But here's the thing. If we don't take stock at moments like this, like if we don't have postmortems, if we don't take a long, sober look in the mirror at what we can learn 
from what we just went through, we're never going to grow as a party, which is the exact thing that you and I both want. Absolutely. Do you not think that the party is growing right now? Slowly, badly, not in a lot of places. But here's the thing. I think it's important for us to remember the fact that growth is slow. Progress is slow. Change is is eons slow. (laughs) Like it is... The Republican Party is decades ahead of us in terms of their ability to message and their ability to have articulate a clear vision of what they stand for. Well, look, it's a whole lot easier to do that when you don't have to rely on actual facts or truth-telling or anything based in reality. But here's like, the thing, we could, the, I, I, yes, you're right, it's easy to do sleight of hand when you just lie about stuff and make things up, but also, they're doing that because the facts are on our side. All our side would have to do is articulate the actual facts, but we're so afraid of pissing off wealthy people. Democrats are so terrified of alienating wealthy elites I would say, that they like, won't say the very simple, I true you. things I, that would bring everyone to their side. I hear you, and I think that even in the last year, we've made extraordinary progress on how we're talking as a party about wealthy people. I think the conversation... Some parts of the party, The sure. conversation is changing. And yeah. look, it, uh, the, back to the idea of progress being slow. Like, mm-hmm. can we just take a step back for a moment and think, just, just put yourself in the shoes of a black American mm-hmm. and, and, and think back 400 years when they first were brought to this continent from Africa in chains. Mm -hmm. And look at where black Americans are today in the year 2020. Mm -hmm. Progress has been so effing slow. Mm -hmm. I mean, we still exist in a, in a, a racist nation Mm -hmm. (laughs) built in, in systems that are, that are hierarchical white supremacist in nature. Mm -hmm. Black Americans, I mean, like, you, the the the, fo- the photos you see of where people have to stand in line hours and hours and hours to vote. Sure. It's people of color. Yeah. It's neighborhoods that, that are, you know, still actively, people are trying to disenfranchise them from being able to vote. Yeah. Like, let's just take a breather. Change is going to be slow. Progress is going to be slow. The more we, the more we waste our energy, like, fighting each other, the less progress we're going to actually have be able to make, and I just that's 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 my point. I don't is, think that I don't think that uh, self analysis and reflection and fighting one another are, are the same thing. I'm not saying that they are. Okay. Okay. Just just to be clear, but like, I, I'm, I'm I think very to- very interested in learning things from where from from important inflection points that we go through together mm-hmm, as opposed to just charging forward and never taking stock and oh, never learning. I'm not, su- I'm not suggesting that at all, but I think we can do that in, in productive, healthy uh, coalition building ways. Yeah. Like the Democratic Party didn't like, here's a great example, didn't learn a single thing in 2016 about how it like railroaded and dismissed uh, Bernie Sanders and all of his people, Right didn't learn a single thing about, or 2015, didn't learn a single thing about that in 2019. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, change is slow, but also like there was, there has yet to be any kind of a reckoning on our side of the aisle internally about how to actually productively bring the left into the conversation and just realign from that center right place to a center left place that just reflects the median human being in this country. I want to push back on that. Like, I'm not sure what you were expecting from like the Democratic Party and even who you're talking about in terms of what they learned or didn't learn. But what I do see is that since 2016, and especially we saw this, you know, hugely in the in the uh, 
the nominating process for the Democratic Party this yeah. year. The, the, the primaries. Primary, thank you. I couldn't think of the word. <laughs> uh, the conversation has shifted. I mean, the Overton window on like healthcare mm-hmm. has shifted massively. Yeah. The Overton window on, on taxing the ultra-rich has shifted massively. Yeah. The Overton window on, on getting serious about climate policy has shifted massively. Like, so in terms of, of where the conversation actually is right now and the things that are priorities for Americans mm-hmm. and Democrats as a subset of that, like, we, we actually do want healthcare for everybody. And we actually do want to tax, tax the ultra-rich. We actually do support things like universal pre-K. Mm-hmm. And we actually do support the decriminalization of drugs. It's happening everywhere. Yeah. Like, in a lot of really practical ways. And I'm and, like, I'm not sure that there's ever going to be a, a kind of an event that's going to get a headline that's like, oh, look, the Democratic Party has shifted. They've, they've accepted the... They the, finally they, have their act together. No, that's not going to happen. Yeah, but if you look at the specifics... Yeah, there's, there, are good, there are good things happening in some it places. It is happening. Mm-hmm. It's happening in a lot of places. Yeah. You know, we, we, and those are the, those are the wins that are going to matter. Like, I think that one of the things that's disappointing about, like, you know, last night election night, not getting the big, you know, TV win, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, was that I, I you know, I, I want that feel good, like, yes, we're on the right track. Mm. But I think I'm coming to understand that, like, the being on the right track doesn't come in those big, those big home runs. Yeah. I think it comes in small base hits, you know, like, I think it's, and, and it's agonizing and it's going to continue to be Hard work. And well, you know, when you asked me, like, how are you feeling earlier? And I mm-hmm. said, uh, you know, I'm feeling good and I'm feeling solid because we we seem to have notched a little W here and it's not, yeah. the, not the one we wanted, but, yeah. we'll, but we'll take it. Yeah. Like, that's kind of what I was talking about. This yeah. idea that the work happens slowly and it just happens at its own pace, you know? Yes. But that's, you know, that's not really the thing that I was hoping for from the repudiation. What I was hoping for was a mandate. You know, I was hoping that there would be a mandate from the American people that this is not how we're going to go forward. Which still, I mean, there would have been people fighting that, but at least there would have been that mandate feeling about it. Like, no, we talked about this. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yeah, no, like I, like an intransigent child. Like remember, right? But right. you know, and and because we didn't have that, it just to me implies that like at least the next two years are just going to be another frickin' slog. You know what they I mean? They might be with intransigence no. and like, yeah, and, and, and and it's great. It's fine because assuming the results go the way that we're assuming they will, like we will st- we will stop the bleeding. Right. Like, and the, this is- like the, the spurting wound will be covered and we're going to be okay. And that is huge, huge, huge. It's the absolute best thing we could hope for. The one... Everything else secondary. The one win we absolutely need yeah. from this election is for Donald J. Trump to not occupy the White House any longer yep. past January 20th. That's right. That is the win we absolutely needed. If he were reelected, I, I, I mean, I personally think that American democracy goes away in any form as we've been able to recognize in our entire lives. You know, yeah. like the, 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 the consequences would be genuinely dire, yeah, I believe, they would. if he were reelected. So the fact of, of very likely possibly, you know, crossing my fingers, touching wood, all yeah. that kind of stuff that of Biden winning mm-hmm. this election, that is the win that we needed. Yeah. Is it the win that we wanted? Mm-mm. Maybe not, but it's the not win all of it. That, it's the win that we need. Yeah, and because we, we wanted like three wins. We actually had kind of a big <laughs> list. 
<laughs> and we maybe only got one win. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. but that's again, that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. You know, I, that the incrementalism is is a thing. I was thinking about. Um, I was thinking about uh, uh, this last night. Uh, two years ago, in 2018, we were at a friend's house in Seattle watching election returns come in. It's one of our political junkie friends. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and I remember having a similar feeling because, you know, we were going into 2018. People had done a bunch of organizing to, you know, elect, uh, to try to take back the House of Representatives for Democrats, which we did, right? Um, but we were hoping for this big blue wave. We were hoping hoping for this, like, again, we're hoping for this big repudiation of Trumpism in the form of a new, of these House elections. And the night of, of those election returns, I remember feeling like, you know, things weren't kind of coming in as much of a wave as we thought. And, no. and eventually... For a moment, it seemed like it wasn't even really happening. And then eventually, it was certainly slow. Right. And then eventually it did happen. We yeah. got we got enough seats to take the house. And we're like, oh, yeah. okay, that's... Okay, great. But even we then, it was barely, like... Barely... But even then, it was like one or two seats. But there, also, there were things outstanding, and there was this feeling it could go back the other way. Right. But but yeah. at a certain point, we did know that we had gotten at least that far. We had gotten the, yeah. the, the house. Even by a little bit. Yeah. So I remember thinking, okay, well, I remember even uttering the words, okay, we got the win we need. Yeah. We got the win we need. We took back the house. And then as the next couple of weeks unfolded and absentee ballots that came in late, you know, after that were postmarked before election day, but we know were delivered afterwards and all that kind of stuff. They all got tabulated and all the votes were counted because it takes longer than just a TV election night, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, it actually turned out to be the fact that we actually did get a pretty big wave in yeah. 2018. Like, yeah. if all those results had been known on election night, we might have gotten that feeling of, heck yeah, look what we did. Yeah. And we did sort of have that feeling, but it wasn't until, like, December or early January. It was a really long it was time. Because there was all this stuff yeah. that had to play out. And then there was, like, a runoff thing that didn't happen until January. It was all this stuff. Yeah, It yeah. took forever. And, like, you know, maybe that's just going to be the way it's going to be for, yeah. for for progress. Maybe, yeah. maybe we're not going to get the big home run thing. Right. <laughs> maybe we're just going to get a series of base hits and rack up, you know, points on the board slowly. And we know, and we're for example, have to work for like, it. that Warnock runoff isn't even happening until January. Right. We, we know this. In Georgia, that's the and that's a seat in Georgia. That's a very potentially big thing that won't happen for two more months. So, like, right. we already know this is going to be protracted. Yeah. And so, you know, maybe it's okay that we don't. I mean, I would love I would love the big feel-good win. I would yeah. love that. And, you know, also, I think a little, like, looking at context in a more, like, a world setting is really appropriate right now. Mm. Because, like, writ large across the entire globe for, like, the last 15 years or so, mm -hmm. right-wing populism is having a moment. Oh, it is yeah. having a historical moment. Right. Right? Like and in Poland? Oh, my gosh. Like all over the freaking place. Yeah. And, like, just the fact that our right-wing populist didn't get reelected. It's a massive That's different than win. other places. Right. And really, like, contextually speaking, it's a bigger win than it might seem like. Right. You know? Right. And I think that's important to note. Like, maybe we're beating the odds in terms of how the rest of the world is looking. Maybe at least. we've got the cork in the hole at the bottom of the hull, and we're still yeah. in the middle of the frickin' yeah. sea, but yeah. we're gonna survive a little longer. Yeah, maybe you know? so. No, I think you're absolutely right about that. Yeah. And I think When you look at Poland, you look at Viktor Orban, you look at like basically most of Eastern Europe, right. you know what I mean? Right. Like things are not looking good. Right. We have a buddy, like my best friend from childhood and his wife are working in Poland and like, they're, like it's bad. Oh. I won't get into it, but it's bad. <laughs> like yeah. they're trying to leave. Like it's wow. bad. Wow. So like, you know. So that's not that's us. That's not us. 
That's, that's not a us. big deal. It's a big deal. And like, I really like, I want to <laughs> lean on that idea. Yeah. Like, even just the fact that we stopped that from happening, from that sliding mm. into that pit that you were talking about. Yes. You know, uh, like it looks like we stopped sliding into the pit. Yeah. That's great. It's good. We this can is we can win. work with this. That's right. And you know, yeah, the, the I I the 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 control of the Senate, I was really hoping that we would get this, you know, that we would get obvious control of the Senate. That it looks like it may not happen, but also it the the last chapter is not written on no. that yet. There's there's still fighting it's to be tight. done there. Tight. Um and there's that there's that Warnock runoff. And all we need is to tie people. All we need is all we need is fifty fifty in the Senate. Yeah. And because with a Biden win, then Kamala Harris becomes the president of the Senate, mm-hmm. which is Tie a tiebreaker vote, vote. baby. And yeah, so there's still, it's not like the hope is snuffed out on that front. It's, I'm not putting lots of eggs in that basket, but you know, again, like it's, it's not a done, it's not a done, a done deal yet. No, not yet. Um, which, which will make, you know, if we don't have control of the Senate, it will make a lot of things a lot harder. This next you know? two years will be much stupider. It, but you know, um, <laughs> yeah, the, but that doesn't mean there is. There's a lot of things that that a Biden presidency can do. Yep. Uh, I mean, just just reversing all this stupid like anti-regulation destruction, yeah. restoring, you know, restaffing all the departments with like people who actually care about the jobs and the missions. Right. Getting Great. getting us back into the Paris Climate Accord. You know, like um, actually administering. You know. Uh, health and human services in a way that actually, you know, helps people with their health insurance. Like, yeah. there's just, there's a lot. There's a like, lot that may- it, Maybe having somebody run the EPA who's not a, a coal lobbyist. Yeah. You know what I mean? Small things. Just like the details. You know, someone who's running the Department of Education who actually believes in public schools. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, you know details. Just small things that yeah. we want. That, we can that, tinker around the edges of this, no problem. Yeah, but, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot that an Biden presidency can do without control of the Senate. Yep. Of course, there are, there's a lot more we could do and a lot more that the American people, frankly, need. Yeah. You know. We need freaking COVID relief. We need it four months ago. Yeah. So, who you know, that's... But you know, this this is making me. You know, there there have been so many people, and like our democracy group that we started in Facebook, uh, there have been so many people who have stepped up and volunteered for the first time. It's been great doing phone banking and text banking and postcard writing. So, poll worker, poll workers, yes. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Jennifer Barefoot in Arizona. I know, awesome. But you know, so many people have gotten involved in the pro- in the political process that have never been involved before. And newsflash, guys, we need to continue that. I'm not yeah. saying we need to continue at the kind of frenetic pace that we've all been at. No, everyone do some self care. <laughs> Take like three or four days. Get, let's get. Let's give. We'll give you through the weekend. Yeah. Right. The starting Monday. <laughs> yeah. But and also, you know, like it, it. We can. It doesn't have to be. You know, quite as pedal to the metal as we've been. But we all do need to stay engaged, and if we do, we can we can work for the the next base hit wins. Yeah, <laughs> you know, the, and it will require us to continue to show up. I'm actually wondering if, like, had we gotten the big blowout win that we were hoping for, if there would have been some people who have been like, "Oh, phew, great! Well, I'm checking out now. Work's done." Yeah. When the work wouldn't have even been over, even if we'd gotten the blowout win, there's still work to be done. Yeah. Um, and so in, in that regard, I'm not saying that I'm glad we didn't get the blowout win, but I am saying that perhaps the fact that we didn't will keep more people... We won't get cocky. Engaged, yeah. Yeah, you know, and I, that's important, honestly. Like, like 
we we cannot be resting on our laurels, you know? No. We cannot have a, it's 2009, Obama's in the White House, we can just relax moment here. I mean, and can I just admit personally, I volunteered with Obama's 2008 campaign. I did too, campaign. we did it together. We door knocked in central LA. We door knocked in the primary and then I did, we did, did we both do phone banking? I can't remember. No, because I was on tour. That's right. I did phone banking for the general election. Yeah. So we were involved and when he won, it was like, yeah, okay, feet up. We're going to relax for a while. Boy, that worked out badly. Because had I continue, had I been one of the people who had continued to be involved in the process, and if more people had been continued to be involved in the in the political process, it's possible that you know uh, two years into his presidency, he wouldn't have started to have a, a Republican Congress that blocked everything he wanted to do after yeah, that. Seriously, you know, like we need to continue to stay engaged, and I yes, think we that we need to we need to draw inspiration from the fact that. No progress in this country has ever come quickly. It has never come easily. It was always going to be slow and it was always going to be hard, but it's always going to be worth it because the alternative is just to give in to the status quo and to slide back into stuff that we don't want to be in, you know? It would be great if we could go two steps forward, zero steps back. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it would. It would. Yeah, I mean, because honestly, this isn't two steps forward. This is 0.5 steps forward. <laughs> yeah. But it's okay. It's not backward. But yeah. like, let's just keep going forward. Yeah, yeah, Even exactly. if it's just another half step. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I want to pull up, uh, I know th- we've kind of reached the end of um, of uh, the points that we had written down. Our scripted down. remarks. Our, our scripted remarks. <laughs> if but we're I, like a fancy dinner, these would be our scripted remarks. I stumbled but we're upon, in a podcast. Let's just our podcast. I stumbled upon, uh, as I was doom scrolling Twitter last night, yeah. uh, stumbled across um, uh, this this one tweet by uh, Brie Newsom Bass. Yes. That I just feel like was just really, I needed it when I found it. And um, and so I want to share it with you now with regard to uh, just the election and 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 the feel the especially the feeling of like oh my gosh we live with so many tens of millions of people who still want more of Trump and that feels horrible and bad you know not, not the best not the best and here's what she this was the, actually the middle of one of her her Twitter threads but this particular this particular uh, tweet in the middle of the thread was was really poignant to me and she says the election meaning this one yeah. isn't it, it isn't close. It wasn't close in 2016, and it's not close now. It's close, in quotes, because of the outdated electoral college. Yep. The majority, reje- the majority of Americans rejects Trump by millions yeah. and is underrepresented in Congress, especially in the Senate, and has their vote discounted in current formation of, of the Supreme Court. Yeah. And it was really important for me to hear yeah. the fact that, you no, know, it feels close because the systems are rigged against the majority. Yeah. <laughs> And that, like, it's important to remember that. Like, this wouldn't, if we had a national popular vote, this wouldn't be anything close to close. Nobody would describe this as being close. Yeah. Right? That's right. Uh, Three million plus votes apart is not close. If the Senate had uh, more equal representation, you know, in terms of, like, between states. Yeah. This wouldn't be, it, that, that. None that, of this would be an issue. None of that would be an issue. It wouldn't no. be close at all. And I think it's reassuring just from the perspective of, the neighbors we live with, yeah, there's tens of millions of them who are still like, yeah, this 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 idiot's my guy. <laughs> yeah. But there are way more of us. There still are way more of us who are like, no. Yeah, that's right. And have been. This is right. Like, and have been. This Ever three, since this, three, this three million-ish gap is about the same as in 2016. Right. We, like that, it hasn't grown more is appalling. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
but it's still a huge, huge gap. Yeah. So be cheered, people. Yeah. You're on the side of the right and the good. The work continues. And, you know, uh, uh, we have recorded this podcast with the with the, the idea that we believe that the presidential election will go to Biden. Yep. We think that things are pointing in that direction. Strongly. I keep, I keep thinking... And people I, we trust, we've heard, like, on, e, on emails that we get saying yeah. the same thing. So it's not like we're prognosticating ourselves here. We are, just to be clear, not election prognosticators. No, we're not. We just uh, have people whom we trust and... They have been saying that they feel confident. So, you know, knock. Knock on wood. On wood. <laughs> you know, I remember like a week ago, I think it was in the middle of some of our volunteering that we've been that we've been doing. Yeah. Um, and I had this moment where I was sort of like imagining what election results coming in would might feel like. And mm-hmm. and I had a moment where I like allowed myself Shannon's to Shannon's like writing like Shannon Biden <laughs> in a heart. <laughs> Gross. Um, no, I, I was imagining like, you know, what it would be like if, if you know, we got the kind of big win that, that I was hoping for. And I I was so allowing myself to feel that in, in a real enough way that I could feel tears kind of welling up. Oh, you know, this is so earnest. Oh my gosh, no, I love I know, this so much. But I, well, it's just me, and you know, you I know me. I love it. You're the best. But I, I had this moment, and, I, and so I've been thinking since then. Like, I, gosh, I feel like there is this part of me that that really wants this a, a release, that kind of like tearful release yeah. of a big victory, where I know that Trump's not going to be in our president anymore. And I want to like, I want that, I want to cry about yes. it. I want to feel relief. Yeah. And I, I haven't felt like crying right. since, you know, even, even with the, the results that we think are going in the right direction, I'm not getting that emotional release, relief yeah. that I had hoped for or thought that I might experience. Not which, yet. I wonder if when it's called, even if it's a close margin, you will get that. I don't know. I don't know. I've been thinking about that. I don't know. I don't feel when like that. When you did your little fantasy scenarios was a, a very squeaker win, one of them? <laughs> no. I mean, I again, it was just a fleeting moment. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I but I want, you know, I don't know. I don't know if my emotions aren't feeling that close to the surface. Yeah. You know, if we, if we get a, a notification on our phone five minutes from now that, you know, Arizona and Nevada have come in and they're for it's Biden over. and yeah. it's over. I don't know that I'm feeling that that I'm on that edge anymore, um, but I think it's in, it's indicative of it, it's indicative of all that we've been talking about here tonight. Yeah. Like that that big release win didn't happen. Okay, so it didn't. So I still have I still have all this stuff inside, all this emotion inside, and that's okay. Maybe I can use that to put myself to work to continue. Yeah, with what's next. Yeah, you know? I'm excited to start like visualizing what what next looks like yeah you know uh right. in terms of ongoing work you yes. know i have this idea hmm. that if we just did two hours a week you each of us uh-huh. you, you and me and anyone listen to this two hours a week just pick a day maybe it's maybe if you have a day job maybe just like maybe wednesday evenings from like seven to nine you just do a thing each week you know or sunday afternoon i don't know or maybe What's- for you and me it would be like tuesday afternoon Mm-hmm. What's the thing? That's it. I don't yeah. know what the thing is, okay. but I'm wondering how to figure that out and then how to organize that in a larger way, you know, mm-hmm. and to make like two hours a week be a thing. How about ever, to start with, how about everyone who's listening to this podcast, just make a little 
put a pin in that for, for me, okay? Make a little placeholder in your, <laughs> in your heart for the idea <laughs> that maybe we'll give ourselves a little bit of time off, a month, a couple months, whatever. Maybe starting the beginning of 2021, uh, get through the holidays, get through this cursed inauguration. The inauguration will be great. The pre-inauguration time, <laughs> right? And then like once, in, once everything is just stable, right? Mm -hmm. uh, really start to look at what that looks like. So just set aside this two hours a week for me, people, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm going to ask you about those in like maybe three months, two and a half months. Can and we... let's just figure out what that it looks like then and how we can be productive, you That's... know? Because if we had 50, 100, 1,000, 10,000 people, imagine if eventually there were like a million people doing just two hours a week each. That'd be two million hours of like volunteer work a week, have to figure out where that could go, what the structure... Where that energy would be put. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. Can I amend your... I'm going to check in with you in three months and say we'll check in in like a month and a half so that we can do work to, to help uh, that runoff Senate seat in Georgia. Oh, yeah, yeah, cool. <laughs> On board. Okay. <laughs> Wait, high five. Oh, yeah, high five. Oh, Got it. Yeah. All right, good. All good. right. Hey, people, thank you so much for listening. Yeah. Uh, this has been another scintillating episode of the Misfit Stars <laughs> podcast. It has. Oh. Yeah. No, Are you scintillated? Who, me personally? Yeah. No. <laughs> Listeners? I don't know. Um, people, seriously, thank you for spending time with us. Uh, it means a lot. Uh, you know, we're just processing this stuff in real time. We hope yeah. that, uh, I mean, you, you heard it. Like, this is not <laughs> edited, right? This episode is not edited at all. And uh, It's raw. It's, it's real. Wow. That's it's the Misfit Stars podcast. That wasn't quite as WWF as the announcer bringing the president on stage in the East Room last night. Oh, my God. Night, it was totally it was, was. Oh, my God. Did you guys hear that? that it was, was at like 2.30 so in the morning. Awful. We were watching it on live TV because it was late on the East Coast. And, uh, you know, it was like 2.15 in the morning on the East Coast. So, you know, not even midnight here. And, yeah, it was literally like a WWE <laughs> style. Ladies and gentlemen. The President of the United States, Donald J. Trump. And then they played Hail to the Chief, and he walked past a big political banner in the East Room of the White House, which is illegal. So appalling. Oh, my gosh. All of it was appalling. An appalling, But yeah. the WWE thing, it was that such was... a little window into his soul. Like, Sorry. that's the thing that makes him feel yeah. good. You know, he, you know, they'll do it any way he wants. He's a president. That's the way that he likes it's... it. That's the, it's not like they just happen to have a WWE-style announcer in the White House and it's a good fit. Yeah. No, he, he brought that guy in. His tiny, tiny little I wonder if that guy travels soul. with him. I wonder if that guy introduces him wherever he goes. Oh, my god! I wonder if he has a WWE-style <laughs> intro everywhere he goes. I kind of now imagine that he does. He probably does. Right? Oh, I'm sure he does. I bet he has a cape. I bet he, like, he never wears it in public, but I bet somewhere he has a cape that says Trump on the back. It's like gold. Oh, probably. Like, think like Don King circa 1985, because of course he's stuck in 1985. He is stuck right? in 1985. Uh-huh. Huh. Uh-huh. Oh, maybe my God. Be what he, maybe like 10 years from now, he'll be like doing WWE stuff. Can we just celebrate for a moment yeah. the fact that most likely, given the way that looks the results are going right now, after January 20th, that guy is just gone. And he might even just hopefully gone. Hopefully he's gonna leave the country, so he'll be really gone. Wouldn't that be great? Hopefully he's just, just gonna like flee go. prosecution. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh that's who our president is. You 65 million boneheads. He's a freaking crook. Okay. Anyway, time to go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thank we were you. we were thanking you we in were, the middle. Of we were really thanking you for spending Let's time with us. Reel it back. Yeah. Yes. We're happy you're here. Uh, we hope this has been of some value to you. Uh, we would love to have you join our Misfit Stars community. If you would like to be part of that wonderful 
private community of people. Mm -hmm. it's, it's like, it's kind of like our little club. And it's yeah. where we all go to be extra kind to one another and to help each other with stuff. And oh my gosh, what a bomb it's been this week. It's like oh, the only yeah. sane place on the internet. Everywhere else is just totally. a raging garbage fire. Misfit Stars is like serene. Like someone literally like posted like a picture of like someone sitting in Lotus position the other day. It I was, was like, great. this is perfect for your... I need this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah, go to misfitstars.com slash join if you want to get in there and we would love to have you. Yep. As for us, we will be back again next week on our regularly planned schedule. Of Unless release. something blows up. <laughs> Let's hope we'll yeah. be back on our regularly planned schedule. Where our podcasts come out on uh, Wednesday at 12 a.m. Mm -hmm. West um, Coast time. West Coast time. West yeah. Coast, best coast. <laughs> I'm sure we'll have more to talk about then. Yep. Uh, but until then, please take good care of yourselves. Yeah, we, we love you guys. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.